It's okay. What's going on? And welcome to your favorite podcast in the world. It's That Being Said Podcast with your boys, Sammy. And me, George Jordan. We're coming at you recorded and direct from the Sant Hub. How you doing today, Sam? Doing pretty well, man. Uh, episode 595, right? Five. You know how I'm doing. We just did a whole podcast. This yeah, is actually post-podcast, my friends. Uh, Wednesday night, 7.50 p.m. Absolutely. Living life. Um, how you doing? Doing pretty good. A little tired. We talked all night. Talked about all these NBA topics. It was a fun time. Uh, check us out at SantSports.com. That's S-O-N-T Sports.com. And you can find all our social there, um, our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And you can find the Instagrams and all that stuff for the podcast, at PodDad on Twitter and at that being said pod on Instagram. So go check those out. Follow, rate, and review the podcast. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dad. Tell whoever. Tell your kids. Um, actually, be careful. We swear a lot. So tell your kids 14 and older. Whatever. Their kids are going to hear fucking swear words anyway. Eh, we'll see. <laughs> Depends <laughs> on the type of parent. Um, much love. Uh, so, like I said, make sure you go uh, check it out. Uh, if people want to know what SANT stands for, George, you know what that stands for? What is it? Sports on Tap. And this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Enjoy the I'll tweet it. All right. Um, we just finished watching it. Uh, what, what day is it today? Wednesday? Today's Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday night, Wednesday night, the 8th. We're about to record our PTI-styled uh, NBA podcast that we've been doing, which is three minutes per topic. We got eight topics, but then we're going to leave a six-minute topic for the last one. So stay tuned for the topics. What they are, basically, though, are LeBron versus Kawhi, Oladipo's back, the Nuggets contenders, Kevin Love. In his weird shit with the Cavs. Carmelo Anthony hit a game winner last night. The Jazz have been better without Mike Conley. Marco Fultz is back. And then we're going to do some MVP slash Luka talk and mix it with some other stuff. We just got done watching the Mavs Nuggets, George. And, um, we, you know, we, we were about to start the podcast a couple seconds later to watch this ending. And uh, not the best way to watch an ending. Mavs down one with the ball and a mm-hmm. uh, turnover occurs. Turnover occurs. Very, very boring way to end the game. Jokic with the game winner with nine seconds left on a layup. That was like, I guess it's, if you're a Nuggets fan, that was a dramatic ending. It's and it's fun. exactly how you want it to end. Yeah. If you're, uh, and I'd rather see a turnover as a Nuggets fan yeah. than see them get a good and shot. Yo- Jokic back-to-back thirty-point games only for the second time in his career. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, he's never been like he wasn't. I mean, yeah. He averaged like nineteen a game. Yeah, and I just figured like you know he strung two together at some point. He's actually had a bad season until these last. Yeah, he's in couple shape weeks. Now. Yeah, yeah. Where, where is he from? Serbia. I went to Serbia, hung out oh, for the summer, no, no, no. and I was going to gonna use this joke. The guy played in the Olympics all summer, so he was in shape. He just overused his body. Uh, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I knew you were going to use that joke. It wasn't thing. a joke. I was being serious. In Serbia all summer? These guys work out all summer. Even if that's that's the old NBA. That's just that was only Shaq, to be honest. That just doesn't work out in the offseason. He was the. I think he overworked out in the offseason playing in Serb, playing in the national team. Probably put a little toll on this body. Um, Let's get these topics started. Three minutes each. Three PTI minutes style. each. Um, I'll let you get started on this. There was reports today from Stephen A. Smith, and I'll talk about the refuting reports later, but Kawhi reportedly said, someone tell LeBron, stop being scared to guard me after playing the Lakers. First of all, do you buy this report? Uh, I mean, now we have some reason really not to buy it, but mm-hmm. I didn't buy it in the first place. Did you buy this report? And if it was true, you know, what would you think? Um, one, I don't buy the report. I don't think it actually happened. I died. Kawhi Leonard 
doesn't seem like he would actually say. I I, I feel like if Kawhi Leonard was a trash talker, he'd probably say to LeBron, which he is. I mean, they say you know he does talk a little bit on the court to some people, from what I've heard, and um, I think he would actually say it to him. He wouldn't be like go tell go tell him I said this. It's kind of in his like quiet manner, like yeah. go tell somebody go tell LeBron to guard me. Yeah, I don't think that would happen. And number two, I want to go to the point of. It's kind of funny because I don't know if LeBron could actually guard Kawhi Leonard the whole game. I don't think he could do it anymore. Um, but the numbers show that LeBron's having one of his best defensive years. But at the same time, he's never guarding the other team's best players. So it's a very always interesting, like how you're saying this year. Yeah, this year okay, he did in the past. Long oh time. yeah, absolutely. I'm talking about. Uh, this they year. said he's never uh, like no, no, in, no, no, no. You mean he, never this year? Never this year. But his numbers are really good on defense because he's not guarding other teams' best player. Does he have to guard Kawhi? No, doesn't matter. He probably matter. will in the playoffs, though, if they play. I mean, that's... Yeah, he probably will. That's probably one of the reasons, like you said, he's not doing it because he doesn't care, care until, until the playoffs. Yeah. that That's my thing is yeah. he doesn't care. It's it's the, First of all, I know Kawhi doesn't care either. You can't... Obviously, Kawhi, a guy who misses every two to three games mm-hmm. for load management... I don't think he cares enough about these regular season games to be talking shit about LeBron. So I don't buy it. Stephen A. Smith does this sometimes with these reports, and they go viral. And then Lou Williams came out, a teammate of Kawhi, and commented cap, which, you know, for the people that don't follow these young trends, cap means lie. So when people say no cap, it means no lie, but cap means lie. So they're saying it was a lie. Um, I think it's a lie. Like I said, I don't think LeBron would or Kawhi would say anything like that. I agree. Maybe if you beat him in the finals, I could see him coming up with something like that. But I guess the two things are one, he would he's gonna guard him if they play in the playoffs, or he will be part of guarding him. Number one, number two. You know what? Like I don't believe he says this because they know it's the NBA. They know all the shit would get around, and they know like Kawhi doesn't always guard LeBron the whole game. No, Kawhi he doesn't. doesn't always guard the best player. If they're up by 15, he's not going to guard the best player for the day. No, he won't. And that's the one thing with him where it's like he's saying a lot of stuff, but really it doesn't mean much. AK, Stephen A. Smith, is it? That's what I'm talking about. Stephen, a. Stephen a. Smith is saying a lot. 100%. Um, all right. Oh, that's sorry. the first timer. First timer. All right, George. So, conclusion was you don't believe it. Neither do I. No, I don't believe it. Second topic is Victor Oladipo, which almost has been a kind of a forgotten soul. Victor Oladipo is going to be making his return on... That was weird. That was already ended. Okay. <laughs> uh, Oladipo is going to be making his anticipated return, I think, on January 23rd, it said. Or was it? January something. I can't January exactly. 29th. Um, against the Bulls. Um, I mean, a couple things. I always thought Oladipo was maybe slightly overrated. Um, he made an all-star game. I think we get a really good playoff series against LeBron. One, yeah, and I guess that's the thing in the NBA is people would think it's so crazy to say he's overrated, right? But that's how the NBA is. You make an all-star game, you're a superstar all of a sudden, right? Not in every sport. In other sports, there's guys that are as good as Victor Oladipo in baseball or football that have half the fame, right? But that's how basketball works. You make an all-star game, you have a good playoff series, you're all of a sudden a like international star. Um. But I do think in any this is an amazing situation to have him be coming back because yeah, this he I do think sometimes he's slightly overrated, but this Pacers team has been playing really well. 
they're they've stuck around the fifth or sixth seed. And as you know, obviously, Malcolm Brogdon is coming this year, averaging seventeen and seven. They're I guess they're leading scorers. TJ Warren at eighteen points a game. They have Sabonis. They have Miles Turner. Adding um adding Victor Oladipo to this, if it fits well the way it did in the past. I mean, Philly's not that great so far this year. Boston's good, but they're not unstoppable. Outside of like I mean, I know Miami's amazing too, but outside of uh Milwaukee, yep. you could make a case that they could be the second best team in the East if he plays healthy. Yeah, if and that's the big question. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. We see these type of injuries and we see how long it takes a lot of these players to come back in full strength and be able to actually do the things they did before. And it seems like it's a year and a half. Porzingis, Gordon Hayward. Hayward, um, I'm sure there's many others. Paul George, remember his comeback took a while. Derrick Rose, unfortunately, never came back to full. I mean, maybe now. (laughs) That's another... Side note of this is these these knee these really bad knee injuries, yeah. not just like a regular ACL tear. This was one of those like brutal ones. Yeah, sometimes they don't go away. Yeah, there's and, re-aggravations. And, and he's a type of guy who plays. I'm not saying he plays a similar style to Victor Oladipo's Derrick Rose, but we're looking at guys that rely on athleticism and also guys who <laughs> athleticism, athleticism, um, and I rely on um, ESL. Um, you know, they were both rely on athleticism, and they're both little, smaller guys than most NBA players. Like that's Porzingis, is the Gordon Hayward who've come back, even the Paul George. So, will he be able to use his athleticism to get to the hole right away? Probably not. Look at Isaiah Thomas; he's still not back after his. It was a hip injury, but still, some, Isaiah Thomas has low key been playing kind of. He's been good, but he's not back to what he was, which was an MVP form, top five MVP finish. Okay, I'm gonna say one thing about the Isaiah Thomas thing before we move on, though. He's also five eight. <laughs> yeah, he's a short, small, so small. Yeah, I mean that's th- that in general is hard to uh, to come around. I actually wonder what he's averaging, but that one's in general not the easiest thing to come back from. I have, my timer's like four minutes late. Every I know time. it's kind of weird. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas. It's good for him. He's averaging thirteen and four this year. Yeah, very. Not, good. And the Wizards have been winning a couple games. It's kind of weird. They're at twelve wins, but they've been winning recently. It's kind of weird. Good for them. Um, He's also inventing new ways to get ejected every week. He pushed the ref. <laughs> the Nuggets. We just watched them beat the Mavericks uh, with a slow start by Jokic this year. Um, the team didn't, you know, wasn't really living up to their their standards. I mean, they were. That's funny. <laughs> All right, yeah, we, we can comment on that real quick about Milwaukee. Here's uh, the what stands out about Giannis according to ESPN: freakish athleticism, how hard he plays, and not interested in making friends. I don't know who made that. Like <laughs> when they say what stands out, like did they make a like was that the announcer stand out? I, I don't know. It must have been Mark Jackson. Now you wonder he doesn't have a job yet. Not in NBA. making friends. Mark Jackson should have a job. I don't. I don't tolerate Mark Jackson jokes myself. You know that. That's fine. There's a reason. He's probably like goes to the interview. Are you are you a perfectionist? No, not really. Are you a hard worker? Well, he's eh. the reason for the Warriors dynasty. All so. right, well that's not a topic. That's a topic for a different day. The Nuggets. They just won. They had a slow start. Um, Jokic had a slow start, but he has found a way to kind of just come back to form. Like tonight again, thirty three seven and six. He's been like this last couple games. They're still twenty six and eleven, which is a great record in the West. Um, the person I wanted to talk about really quick through my time here is Michael Porter Jr. has had a couple standout games. Yes, he uh, has. He was slow again today. Well, what do you have today? Uh, two points. Okay. But last 10 games, 
which is much better than before. Eight points a game. It's it's starting. That little slow start of him show, showing up to what he was supposed to be. He's only 21 years old. He obviously derailed from back pains. But if that guy can stay consistent and be even a 10 to 12-point game a guy by the end of the year, the Nuggets will continue to be more dangerous. Uh, we're sitting where right now? Tied for second with the Nuggets? Or with the Nuggets? By, by, by themselves. Ba- ba- half a game. But half a game from being in fifth. A game and a half from being in fifth place. Yeah. So like, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, the difference between two and six is not that far. Lakers got a nice four game cushion. Oh yeah. You haven't said anything. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I thought you you were. I thought you were going to continue after you asked me where they're sitting. No, just looking at it. Um, I don't know. But my question is more: Are they real title contenders? And I know they're a really good regular season team, but do I don't think this team can win a title. Like I know they're second in the West, and I love watching them play. But are they a legit title contender? Um, no. And that's how I feel too. So that's like they're built as a perfect regular season team. But my question, I guess, is what would be missing? This is why I wanted to bring that. What would make them a title team? I have no idea. Because here's yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how I. I know you hate the Rockets, and I know they're not going to win the championship. Yeah. But like, they're more of a title. They're more con- of a title contender. Right. Like, and, I, I agree. They're not as good as the Nuggets, and I, everyone hates them. But like, I look at that list right now. I'd probably pick Dallas in the series. I'd probably pick Utah. I'd probably pick LA. Both I'd of them. Probably pick Houston. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even question that. We've. This is where it gets weird with the Nuggets. I think it's a lack of a star that can do it all he can do it all but it's not they don't have a pure one-on-one guy yeah and in this league i feel like you kind of still you do need you need a paul george you need a donovan mitchell a lebron or anthony davis uh even a russell westbrook or james Harden. as much as some people hate them like you need that kind of player a luka Doncic. and by the way i hope i'm wrong because i like this team I really do enjoy that. I hope I'm wrong about this, but I just don't think they're a legitimate title contender, even though they're second in the West. Yeah. I know you hope you're wrong. I think I don't ever see this team winning a championship as currently assembled. Me too. Unless Jokic somehow becomes the second coming of, like, I don't know. Whatever. Some MVP Cabra player. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. So both know on the... <laughs> The Nuggets. Sorry, Nuggets fans. I know. Um, Kevin Love. So, Kevin Love. No love for the Nugget fans and moving on to Kevin Love. Nice. Yeah, I thought I had, to, I had to do that. Nice. Go ahead. Uh, it would have been better if you were like, no love in Cleveland. I know, but I wanted to transition there. Well, that would have been good, but We too. did transition. That was a good transition. <laughs> on to Kevin Love. No love in Cleveland. Kevin Love um, reportedly had a, um, a verbal yell out at the GM in front of the team and then decided mid-game as everybody's probably seen by now if you didn't you're probably not a huge NBA guy so uh Kevin Love like throwing the ball at the ground almost that you know chucking it at teammates walking off the court on defense causing a scene and GM reportedly last year this happened for a little bit and his response was go ahead find me I'm rich which boss answer I kind of like it um He's he's gone on to apologize to the team and probably actually, not to the GM, not to the GM, but the team. Well, actually, him and the teammates were posting pictures of each other. I don't think he had any problem with his teammates. It seemed like more of a GM problem. Yeah. It looked, it came out on the floor. Except maybe Colin Sexton. 
No, he's tired of him dribbling. No, the same, the same Instagram, the Instagram that same night was a picture of him and Con Sexton, and like Con Sexton was like, "My guy, I yeah. love you." Like they have no problem. I think he just hates fucking being in the Cleveland Cavaliers organization. He spent his time in Minnesota, couldn't win, got LeBron, won a championship. LeBron leaves now; he's in a shit place again. My question to you, or if you want to talk about that, go ahead. But I think he's going to end up either on the Miami Heat or the Houston Rockets this year. That's my two predictions. Go ahead. I, I almost, in a way, feel like after a verbal yelling match at the GM. I also think the Rock or the the Blazers too. So those are my three. I think after a verbal yelling match at the GM, he might possibly be willing. The GM might be willing to just be like, "Fuck this guy," unless he gets a really good offer that he can't refuse and just keep him in Cleveland. That's really what I believe. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I mean, some people are. Yeah, you forget the peop, This GM for Cleveland might be looking unless it he thinks he can save his job but this team is so bad i don't know if he really could save his job yeah i out of spite i think he will not be traded i disagree they'll do anything to to make a smart move to the team i think it all depends on do they find a suitor because i don't know if there's too many teams that'll take two more years for 50 for 30 whatever million um I just don't necessarily know if Portland has the pieces, Houston, Miami, whoever the team is. They're not going to give up much. True. But what would they have to give up? A draft pick and a player. or It's going to be a salary thing. Can we send CJ McCullen finally out of Portland to like Cleveland? I just feel like he'd be a perfect Cavalier and average 33 points a game. He's from Cleveland. I know. So That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but I mean, that, I don't think that's their best option. Me either, but, but I'm just saying... God, I think I feel like we should add one more topic. What the, the Portland Trailblazers? We have Melo as a topic. Okay, perfect. You're right. That's the next topic. The next topic. Okay, Melo Anthony hit the game winner the other night, um, and he's kind of good. Yeah, he's really playing good basketball. But they they caught lightning in a bottle. What do you do though? I guess that's kind of my thing with him. Like he's awesome. Um, I actually don't believe this is his last year in the league anymore team's right. not winning though this they, they're 4 winning. and 6 in the last 10 exactly so what do they do like what does this team currently do do they just keep running and hope for the 8th seed to lose in the first round of a playoffs or yeah. maybe run for the 7th seed somehow and play maybe Denver and just, what are you saying they should like flip Melo right now while he's hot no but what do you do do you flip McCollum problem is they signed McCollum this offseason and they they re-upped on this squad um when Nurkic comes back, I think they're actually going to be a pretty damn good team. That's but, the missing but, but piece. When but when will he be back? That's, is it going to be too late? No, because they're going to make that eight seed. They can. They they. If I have to go between Portland, Memphis, or San Antonio, Portland should get that eight seed. But then again, like you said, you get the eight seed and just lose to the Lakers. Now what for next year? You keep Carmelo. How how's the team reconstructed? They have one of the most complicated situations in the NBA. Here's I agree. The thing. You can't blame them for re-upping everybody when you made the Western Conference Finals last year. I mean, what what are you supposed to do? Rebuild after making a Western Conference Finals? No, absolutely not. But now, what do you do? Like, okay, we're 38. We're almost halfway through the season. Now, it's like, all right, now what do we do? We make the playoffs. If we don't make the playoffs, it's even easier conversation yeah. moving on from there. And I don't think they'll move off Dame. Absolutely not. So it's it's McCollum. He's not the problem. There, there's actually I don't think no. There, there's no team. one's a problem. It's just his team's constructed wrong. I think so. I think it's just yeah. I think it's constructed wrong. But then again, if they're in the East, it'd probably be the third best team. Hmm. Maybe fourth, sixth. 
Like after Philly, Boston, Toronto, Miami, Milwaukee. Yeah. They're not better than Philadelphia, Toronto, Boston, Miami, and Milwaukee. Yeah, no, they're better than a couple of those teams. They could be. They could be better than, I mean, the way Philadelphia is playing right now, they could be better than Philly's Philadelphia. Philly's still four, 24 and 14. Yeah, Come okay. I mean, they could be better than Toronto. Like, if you're telling me in a seven-game series right now who you take, yeah, I'd probably take Toronto, but barely. Like, could they be better in the East with get some momentum and be better than a couple of those teams? Yeah, I think so. I think. I'm not saying I for sure, but I think so. Is it coaching? Could it be a coaching problem? No. <laughs> it's been fine. He's What's been... the problem there? I can't figure this team yeah, out. The problem, they had injuries. That's the same problem that most do. What's wrong with the Warriors, George? Injuries. Yeah, okay, but that's different. They still have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum and Carmelo Anthony playing good. Their whole core is not injured. It's not a coaching problem. If I was to label coaching problems, it'd be like Sacramento Kings, who had a almost almost by the playoffs oh, yeah, last year. I know. Absolutely. Seven games below 500 with a new coach. Terry Stotts is not the issue in Portland. We know that. We've known that for many years. He, they went to the Western Conference Finals last year. We can't put that on. True. Team. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm just wondering what the problem is. Like, how would I? I the mean, problem is that how would I fix this? The Western Conference won. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably should be better than everybody ahead of you up to Dallas, right? You should probably be better than OKC, San Antonio, Memphis. Right. Um, problems. The it's the West. You have just a bunch of shooters, no defense, and. A team that was missing one of their key pieces in Nurkic. And I think there's no solution. I think what you hope for is you make the playoffs so you don't have to break it up. And if you don't make the playoffs, you have more. Of a, actually, maybe for the GM, you hope you don't make the playoffs so you have a reason to break it up. Fair enough. Uh, I think that's the solution. Okay. Right? You got to you just gotta break it up at some point. <laughs> I think so. That's a tough situation. Western Commerce Finals. Dieta Jazz. Georgie. Here we are. The Jazz have won 11 out of their last 12 games. Mm-hmm. And Donovan Mitchell has been averaging 25, 6, and 4 on 52% shooting. And this is all while Mike Conley's hurt. Yep. I mean, he was that key piece this year. <laughs> Can I say something about him? What? Is it possible that Mike Conley's just been really overrated his whole career? I'm going to go with no because... I mean, they they made it to Western Conference Finals with Memphis. Okay, in the tough. last few years, not maybe his whole like career. Last, Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, he's overrated now. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, his whole career, absolutely not. Okay, you're right. He's a little underrated his whole career. Yeah, you're right. Maybe not his whole career. That, that was a little harsh. But do you think maybe he was a little bit overrated the last few years? Like the bang of this trade. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. the the amount we spent talking about this trade. That amount we said this is you know going to take them over. A lot of people say this is going to take them over the top and make him a title contender team. And when in reality, maybe he's just not as good as he used to be. He's kind of gotten older. And he's still, I mean, his down, he got a technical foul finally in his career, right, last year? Maybe that was like maybe that was the, down, the downfall of Mike Conley. Nice. No, but in all reality, like that, that's kind of what I've been taking out, out of this run by the Utah Jazz. I just think we might have overvalued how – big of a piece Conley was. I mean, it's just crazy. You look at last year, he averaged the most points in his career. 21 points a game, played all 70 games. He averaged 21 and six and a half last year. I know. It's so unbelievable. It's, it's hard to see a guy go from 21 and a half. I understand going down to 13 points a game because you joined the Jazz and mm-hmm. they're a really good roster. They have Bogdan, they have Gobert, they have Bogdan. There's Bogdan and there's the other one, right? Are they both Bogdan? They're both, I think, Bogdan, right? Or Boban Bogdan. Yeah, I know. It's so hard. They have Bogdan. Yeah, they have Bogdan. That's what I said. Yeah, no, I know. They I know. have I Bogdan. Just always get confused by those two. And 
they have Joe Ingles and they have Rudy Gobert and they have Donovan Mitchell. So yeah, it's hard to get the ball to score, but he is shooting. What is this? This is only the second time in his career shooting under forty percent. He's shooting thirty six percent from the field. That's horrible for a guard, right? I mean, come on, and thirty six from three. It's it's not horrible, but it's not high. He's just been completely average this year, um, and. It could be just they haven't had enough games together. 22 games is not enough to make something work. But I would say, number one, it's impressive of the Jazz to win 11 out of their last 12. And Mitchell's playing like an all-star. He's probably be an all-star this right. year. Um, but Do you think that could be the problem is that you have Donovan Mitchell on this team who has to have the ball in his hand a lot to succeed? It's a little so James Harden-ish. Yeah, right? and, and Conley needs the ball in his hand also to be effective. Could that be the problem? Yeah, I think what they should do when he gets back is have Conley come off the bench. Run the offense as the second unit. Twenty minutes. He doesn't minutes seem a like he has that type of ego where he'd be totally opposed to it. I don't think you would. I yeah, he doesn't seem like it. No, I say bring him off the bench. Have him run twenty minutes so he doesn't get hurt either. Um, running the second unit. We've seen a lot of people successfully do that in the NBA. Absolutely. Uh, I actually really like that idea. That way he can handle the ball. You kind crunch time. Maybe you play the two together. Yeah, I. That's yeah, and especially. You'll have time for it to work out. Absolutely. Right, lo- lo- love the idea, by the way. Come off the bench? Yeah, love it. You, and then you're going to have some good firepower on that team. You know what, Sammy? You should uh, talk to Quinn. Quinn Snyder, Mercer Island name. Yeah, it's not too hard to get a hold of him, right? You probably just go to Mercer Island and be like, uh, can you yeah, talk to the alum-, alum? No, no, no. Just be- go to the school and be like, I need you to send a message to one of your alumni. Give me his email. <laughs> yeah. They- sure, they have an alumni list where you send like mail and stuff. They'll send a yeah, mail like message from Sammy Gerjour. <laughs> Put Conley in the second unit. Genius! Markel Fultz, speaking of another localness, uh, he's not from here, but he went to University of Washington. So this is not the last topic. Second to last. I was getting to my sentence, but then you said, email him. Oh, okay. This last topic before we get to our six-minute final topic. Um, it sounds like Jeopardy, which is coming up tonight. Um, 8 p.m., right? Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, so Fultz has had a little bit of a turnaround. I know Philly fans. Uh, I was listening to Bill Simmons podcast with Chris Ryan. I don't know if you heard that. Yeah, I did. Philly too, yeah. fans are like he's been okay. Like relax. Uh, yeah, he's been okay, but his turnaround has been. I mean, if marvelous. percentage wise, he's been fantastic, right? If you go like For how much not percentage? Being able to shoot a basketball. Yeah. But you know what? Philadelphia deserves this. You spent $180 fucking million dollars on Tobias Harris and you could have just kept this guy and you gave him up for a bag of peanuts. Like, fuck you, Philly. <laughs> like, seriously, that's a bad decision. I could have told... Why not just kept him and, like, saw what happened? Yeah. Like, it seemed like him and Embiid and Simmons actually liked each other. You remember that one game he came and had a triple-double? They loved him. Um, you could have kept him and not spent $180 million on Tobias Harris and Al Horford. Like... I feel like we, if you like put the numbers of the like the guys that Philly has, it's like, oh man, this guy has 180 million. Al Horford gets this much, Simmons and Embiid, and it's like, oh cool, they're really, really should be really, really good. But I mean, Horford's kind of on the back end of his career, and Tobias Harris is okay. But back to Fultz, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Say, it's more this? about Fultz, but I started on a tangent Fultz. there. Yeah, I fucked the, the the Sixers should be better. Correct. Yeah, the Sixers should be better. And uh, Fultz vote, it's great. He's playing big big time minutes in Orlando, and that team is seventh in the playoffs. So he's actually playing and contributing to a playoff team and playing big minutes. So that's fan. That's awesome. That that's that should be the best story of like. I got a stat. I'm trying to read him to you in a second here. He's he's. 
21 years old. This is one thing to keep in mind, yeah. too. Basically a rookie. He hasn't... He played 14 games his rookie year and 19 the year after that. So he this is he's doubled his career games this year already. Yep. 36 games. So he has more games this year than he has his entire career. Yeah, he's shooting back. Not a guy with a lot of miles. 25% from three. But he's made a couple threes. Yep. He's averaging 11 points a game, almost five assists, three rebounds. This is ex- this is exactly what you would have if you saw this from him his first full season when he was a rookie, you'd be saying he's turning out to be a top five pick the way he's right. playing. And and there's going to be some guys, by the way, Sammy, who are so under 21 years old that get drafted in this draft. They're not going to put up these same type of numbers next year, and we're not right. going to call them a bust. They're going to be three-year college guys that come in, and it's their first year in the NBA. Don't worry. Give them time. Exactly. Uh, I think that's where you can't give up too early on these guys, and we do it every single year. You know me. I had an pr- early prediction that he will be an all-star still in his career one time. Yeah, and I hope you're right. I, I guessed that last year, right? That was, that was yeah. my season preview. Remember, yeah. Fultz will be an all-star, not this year, but one day. Um, I like it. My second biggest prediction was that Zach Levine would be an all-star before Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm. and I think that's coming to fruition, too. I think so, too. And the Bulls are not playing bad basketball. Better than they started, right? Yeah, yeah. They're not, they're not like a fantastic team but they're game three four games out of the last playoff spot so they're in the mix he's averaging 23 he's probably gonna be an all-star in the east yeah i did hear a topic the other day is is there legitimately even 12 all-stars in the east no there's not i mean there's like god put like the philadelphia starting lineup and like the Celtics starting lineup and then like add Giannis and jimmy butler that's that's it really yeah wow all right, last topic. I'm looking just like before you get to the East thing. I'm just going to tell you something real quick. If you go look at the NBA Most Valuable Player Award well, award odds, and this is kind of be like you know, give us a little move to the uh, to our next topic. I'll go. The, the more these are more recent on my big screen here. Okay, I was going to ask that other list. Where's Jimmy Butler? Yeah, he should be on that list. He is on that list. And now he is. But 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 like my questions. Look at this. You got. Giannis, James Harden, Luka, By the way, LeBron. Sorry, and go to the Vegas on the other one really quick. Yeah, this is January first. What, what idiot would bet Kyrie Irving? At? I don't know, but no, this is as of January first. Uh, Here's the new one. Still at January first, who Kyrie almost has a zero, almost has a zero percent. I, I have no idea why, but anyway, Giannis East, James Harden, Luka, LeBron, Davis, Kawhi, Embiid East, Paul George, Jokic, Siakam East. Anthony Towns, Lillard, Mitchell, Jimmy Butler, East. So and like, I'm going to tell you right like now, the best, the four best players in the East are Giannis. Who's the second? Embiid, one? Embiid, Siakam, and Butler. I'm going to promise you something right now. Embiid, Siakam, and Butler will not win the MVP for sure. Neither yes, hundred percent. It's probably going to be Giannis anyway, but probably. I disagree, but I don't think the NBA likes. And this is our topic. I don't think the NBA likes giving back-to-back awards. Number one. And the NBA doesn't love whatever it's a fatigue. I don't know what it is. The NBA doesn't love mm-hmm. giving uh, the MVP to somebody that already won it before. I don't know why that's the case. I put the six minute timer. I don't know why that's the case, right? It seems like outside of when you have like a LeBron or a Steph Curry or a Jordan, like they don't love doing it. There's been a lot of back to backs. In I mean, there's been almost as many back-to-back MVP since 2004 as individual MVPs. Steve Nash, Steve Nash, then LeBron, 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 LeBron. Curry, this Curry. Is, this is, okay. So seven out of the last, like, 15 MVPs have been sequenced. Okay, but see, 50 this is, years this have been sequenced. You weren't listening to my point. I'm saying mm-hmm. 
take away the LeBrons of the world oh. and the Jordans of the world. Because if you reduce Nash, those, Duncan, Curry, Duncan won back to back, Nash won back to back, Curry won back to back. I still think the NBA doesn't like giving. I mean, there's a reason. If the NBA loved it, Curry wouldn't have been the first unanimous MVP. Uh, but no, if you look, I'm just, look, just okay. Like, fuck the topic. It, no, no, I, just I, I it, can't. No, 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 no Come on, no, no. Just keep an okay, open mind about lot, the back to back. Okay, thing. there's just, a lot of back to back stuff. Okay, yeah. I'm just like, people have keep voter fatigue. About it. People do. People not have voter fatigue. I, I think they do, but it seems that I'm just trying to give data. I'm not trying to like refute your point. I'm just giving you data. It seems like if you go back to NBA history, back to back MVPs happen quite often like really 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 often okay as of recent that's great but if voters really voted correctly all those list names at the bottom of the list you had over there like like russell westbrook wouldn't be on this list james harden might not be on this list there wouldn't be a derrick rose i guess more of my point is people once they get a vote i think the voters try their best to not to find reasons to not vote. Maybe it doesn't work out because guys like Steph Curry dominate for two years and Giannis dominates. But I think voters always try to find a reason why the guy who won the year before isn't the MVP anymore. And that's where I'm saying I can see Giannis easily not winning. I could see a James Harden sneaking back in the conversation. Or if Luka continues to play the way he does, I could easily see voters being like, Luka's the new fun thing this year. Let's vote for him. So maybe I guess my point is the NBA voters are always waiting for that next fun thing. I agree they're always waiting for that fun thing, but I also believe that some t- it just um just from data, I'm really not trying to like poo-poo your point at all. Like I apologize if it sounded like that, but I'm saying if I go look at like history from 19 like even to this like 75, we have so many back-to-back MVPs. It seems like but we never ever 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 get a three-time MVP. Like it feels like they do get voter fatigue, but sometimes it takes two years. Even with LeBron James, that's evident. LeBron, LeBron. Oh, let's give it to Derek. LeBron, LeBron. You know what I'm saying? Let's give it to Kevin Durant. We're really LeBron. Durant was actually probably the MVP that year too. Yeah, maybe he was. Yeah, I don't like. I don't remember in general. Like, but like Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. Oh, let's give it to Charles Barkley. Well, anyways, the reason there was no, I I didn't really care about that point was. I didn't say they don't give back-to-back MVPs. That's not any part. I said, I feel like voters don't like it. Even if they do it, that doesn't mean they like... I don't think they like... uh, Sometimes they don't like giving MVPs to the best player in the NBA. They still do it sometimes, right? They do it for LeBron for four years. LeBron's been the MVP for more than four times in his career. So So my point wasn't that, oh, back-to-backs don't happen. They happen. My point was, I just don't think voters love and i don't know what it is about it and there there always seems to be a reason to find a new guy into the conversation and this year it's looking like it's probably luca it's it's luca they have entered into the conversation and he's gonna get votes i don't know if that means he's gonna win but they always enter another guy into the race they got to and my thing is and and, and maybe jimmy butler (laughs) starts making a run for it i was gonna say if they stay in the top three in the east he's gonna be somewhere up there right i mean he deserves it my the reason i wanted to talk about the mvp is i think this has been the most boring mvp race this early in the season that we've ever seen we usually get some like it's if luca didn't get hurt he'd probably be this guy right now that would be like the front runner like this new guy's killing it this year his getting hurt kind of slowed it down Mm -hmm. for a little bit Usually at this point in the season, we always have like a debate already. But this year, I feel like it's kind of like, yeah, Giannis is dominating. We're used to that. Harden's averaging 40. Yeah, we've seen it before. 
And now it's like the only thing that's keeping the race maybe alive is Luca on the outside here, like doing some fun things. We got hurt for a little bit. I just don't remember a time where it's this boring. Like, go, because Giannis is just doing the same thing he did last year, and so is Harden, and screw it. That's not fun. You know, and it's true, and I think there's a lot of reasons for that, and I think maybe one of them is that the last three MVP award winners, or last four even, because the Warriors lost that year in the back-to-back year, um, but that was exciting because Steph Curry won unanimous MVP. But anyway, the last three years we had Russell Westbrook win MVP, James Harden win MVP, and Giannis win MVP. And not saying that Giannis didn't deserve it or Harden or Westbrook, but maybe a lot of people's eyes in the media's eyes, all three of these guys kind of flamed out in the playoffs and maybe kind of devalued the meaning of the MVP award. That, could that be a reason why people care less? Mm. Could it be? I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying. I think it's because Luke is now just entering as the guy that's never won MVP that people are going to want to win MVP. I just don't think people get excited when it's a guy that already has an MVP mm-hmm. and they're the MVP leaders. But would people get excited if, like, the gear LeBron... I don't know. No, if, somebody, if yeah. LeBron was the leader in the MVP race right now, I don't think people would be that, like, oh, my God, LeBron's the leader in the MVP. It's like, oh, this is LeBron. Like, right now, I think watching Giannis or Harden, everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah. That's what Harden did last year in the last couple of years, and they won MVP. They, oh, Giannis averaged his ridiculous amount. I think if Luca starts to maybe overtake Giannis, things will start to get exciting. I think so too because at that point. It'll be the golden. It's like the like Giannis last year was the golden boy of the NBA. Like, right. Oh my God, look at Giannis. Luca's slowly this year now becoming the golden boy of the NBA, and I think that's when the conversations start to get wild, more wildly exciting for yeah. everyone. No, I can't. Not for agree. me, I'm saying. I'm just saying in general, like the media. No, 100%. I, I could see that. And I think in general, that means this, this means a lot of things in the NBA. I think it could mean that the MVP award in general has been kind of, with the numbers being put up lately in the NBA and the way the offenses play, I just wonder if the NBA MVP is being devalued. Like, oh, Russell Westbrook won a triple double. We have to give him MVP. James Harden scores the ball a lot and the team never wins in the playoffs. Is that the devalue? And Giannis last year, like, all right, this guy got it, man. They're going to go to the finals and then they lose. And it's like, God damn it. Maybe the MVP award just, like the conference finals, yeah, yeah conference finals and if they give it to Luca this year they're not going to the NBA finals yeah that's why I that's feel why like, I think they stopped giving it to the best player in the NBA and they started giving it to the most exciting the biggest the, the best story yeah most exciting it's not best, Giannis I wouldn't say Giannis is awesome but I wouldn't like most people like is he was he exciting he's exciting to me but I'm like in general public do they find his game exciting I think so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm just, like, I kind of get, like, a little confused sometimes about what's exciting and what's not because, like, like I mean you watch a lot of basketball, so we find different things exciting. So sometimes I have to ask, is the general public like this? Yeah, also the general public has a lot of bias and different – I mean, Alex Caruso's top ten in all-star game voting, so that's yeah. what I mean. Like, General public's interesting. And I have a theory that you can – I don't want to talk about if you agree or disagree, but, like – I think Luka and James Harden play the exact same way. Like, it, I don't see a difference in their games that often. They put up the same type of numbers, and they play the exact same way, yet everyone hates James Harden and everyone loves Luka. And I think it's there's multiple reasons behind it. It could be you're tired of it. It's because Luka's a white guy from overseas. Um, their usage rates are the exact same thing. Like I, But it's hard to... Uh, 
it's hard to gauge. Some people might think Joel Embiid's fucking boring because he's a big man, and mm-hmm. I think it's fun. So it's like it could be the same type of players and people like Victor Oladipo. Like, is he that fun to watch? I don't know. People love watching Russell Westbrook. Do they? Yeah, or do they? Or do people? Or do, people, or Westbrook. do people love? This is my thing with a lot of stuff nowadays. I don't believe people when they say they love watching Russell Westbrook or they love watching James Harden or they love watching Luca. Or you, you know what people watch? People lately watch the Twitter highlights on their phone. I really don't think that many people actually sit down and watch these games. They see the dunks and they're like, "I love watching Russell Westbrook." Mm, I that, that, that's just otherwise how I feel. people would. Otherwise, Harden would be the most adored player in the NBA in a long time, averaging forty points a game. If people just watched highlights, and he was averaging forty points a game of step backs and crossing people up. I think he would. Be one of the most adored players of all time. Maybe just I, I could be wrong. I'm just that's just a theory of mine. Why do people not like Harden? Because they don't like watching the floor space. Because or we, the ball in his hand. Because a lot of basketball people who really watch a lot of basketball don't like watching James Harden. But if you go look on Twitter, oh man, the guy cooks. That's all they say. Like, all right, like, cool. James Harden's widely known not to. I if you go okay, to I mean, Twitter, he's widely known to be a guy that a lot of people. Hate. Yeah, and I think it's just because they read also the Twitter replies, and now I don't know. That's just my theory. I could be wrong, but I'm just giving you my little two cents. Yeah, I just think it's it's a matter of circumstances, you know. Like I think if James Harden was on the New York Knicks, he'd probably be one of the most beloved players in the NBA. But he's a Houston Rocket. He holds the ball a lot. He's not a white European guy, yeah. Luca. Am I allowed to disagree? You told me you don't care if I disagree because I was I have a thought about that personally. I mean, you can tell your opinion. I said I don't care. It doesn't mean you're not allowed to talk. I like, control your mouth. Because like, I totally don't feel that way about it. I feel like I feel a little bit different than you about how they play the game of basketball. I think that Luca has the ball in his hands a lot, but I think he also incorporates a lot less. There's a lot of ISO, but a lot less ISO and a little bit more of pick and roll, um, pass and goes, a lot more it's a little more fluid of an offense than just dribble on top of the key. That's just an opinion of mine. It's just how I, when I watch it, I feel like, yeah, there's a high usage rate, but I think that he incorporates his teammates a lot more while having the ball in his hand. Yeah. Well, people complain about usage rate and they have the same usage rate basically. So my point is it's just, everyone has their different reasons of liking someone. I really think it plays a big role that Jan, that or that Luke is a white European guy that played in the EuroLeague and he's an international star more than just a national yeah, star. Yeah, you might be right. I mean, you that look at it that way. I just don't role. I just don't look at it that way. I think they play a little bit differently. Nice. Well, yeah, I think uh at the end of the day, neither one of them are going to win MVP anyways. It's probably This be year? Honest. No, I don't think so either. And uh and Luca would have to surpass Giannis in scoring and be at like 34 points a game or so, and I think that's how he could pass him. But I don't think he's going to do that. And the difference is Giannis is going to be number one seed. Yeah, and I think if Harden maybe averages over 40 points a game and he actually hits that mark, like and finishes like you know 41 points a game or 40.5 or whatever, I think he could possibly also win MVP. Like at possibly, I don't, I, I, I don't know if he will. But I'm, the scoring in this league is just absolutely no, crazy. absolutely. I just maybe he maybe it'd give him a little bit of a, uh, you know, like that benchmark. No one's done it other than Wilt. Maybe I'm not. There's I, a lot of losing guys in the top ten of scoring, by the way. Oh, I know. There's the Trey Youngs. There's the Bradley Beals. Bradley Beals fifth. Trey Youngs fourth. Brandon Ingram's probably up there. Tenth. And Devin Booker's eighth. 
four out of the and Damian Lillard seventh. Let's throw that in there. Five out of the top ten guys are not in the playoffs. That's pretty bad. Yeah, it goes so, to show. Like, but it actually, scoring's not everything. But I think that's sometimes where we don't give enough credit to Harden. We all we always talk about how it's just like, oh, it's just volume. That's the league now. Well, that doesn't always equate to winning. He he finds a way to equate it to winning. Yeah, and he's also the best at it. I mean, I don't like watching him play necessarily, but he's the best scorer in the league. Oh, yeah, 38 points per game. Yeah, he's the best scorer in the league. And, you know, him and Luka and Giannis have the three highest PERs in the league. It goes Giannis at 33.72. Harden has a 32.39, which Harden's never had a good PER. He is the, That would be one of the top in history, I think, of the NBA this year. Actually, it would. I think it'd be the number one PER of all time. I believe. It was what I was reading a couple of days ago. The greatest PER in history is Michael Jordan at twenty-seven nine one. Twenty-seven nine one. Twenty-seven point nine one. Is that for his career? Or is that? Oh, that's career. Yeah. Career. Okay, I was gonna say because that's not that high, right? It was. Oh, I forgot what it was. What's the highest PER in one season from the NBA? That's actually interesting. I believe Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. Okay. How much? 27.91. Is this career? I'm That's confused. career. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I don't know. But Giannis, Luka, and Harden are all 30 above. I actually am kind of shocked, to be honest, that James Harden's number two in PER. Yeah. It goes Giannis, Harden, Luka, Davis, James, and then Hassan Whiteside. Kind of randomly in there. So sound like I just randomly in there. I like that though. Fifteen points per game, eleven rebounds. It's because of the field goal percentage. The big men kind of screwed with the PER because of the percentages and shit. Mm-hmm. So it kind of fucks things up. Yeah, I know. It's an interesting way. It's an interesting measurement of basketball success. All right. Well, we'll be back another day and uh, Friday. Friday it is episode five ninety five and uh, George. This is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined.